Hey, Angelique, do you remember one of our favorite movies? Do you remember the scene from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? There's a lot of them. I know, but the one where they're going down the highway, Steve Martin <laughs> and John Candy, and, and John Candy uh, is driving, and the guy's trying to tell him he's going the wrong way. You're going the wrong way. Yes. He's like, how does he know where we're going, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what was he headed for? Disaster. Complete disaster. So <laughs> that leads us into the theme of what we're going to talk about today. We are going to talk about the reasons why we run. The, the name of this podcast here, we're going to label Running from Prosperity, all parts of your life. Mm. You're not going to want to miss this right here on the Turn On Podcast. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to the Turned On Podcast. I'm Angelique Nori, and my husband David and I have made it our mission to break the darkness by flipping the switch on the four most important areas of your life in health, relationships, business, and in faith. And sometimes the light in the world and in your life can go dim, either from the intrusion of technology or simply because society is so driven by instant gratification. It's our mission to help people see that we're hardwired for connection and that the best things in life come when we turn on the light to see with new eyes the opportunity that exists just a flip away. So if you're ready to stir your spirit, open your eyes, and profit in all areas of your life, then let's get turned on. Here we go. We're talking about running from prosperity, that scene in planes, trains, and automobiles where, where he's sitting there and is like, you know, how do you know where we're going? And, and we feel like that, Ange. There's times in our life where either you're seeing somebody, they're headed in the wrong direction, mm. and, you're, and you're waving to them going, hey. Because you're the fish outside of the tank. Wake up. <laughs> you know, hey, turn fish in on. The tank. You're headed for disaster. Sometimes it's with... Um, Sometimes it's with a stronghold in their life, yeah. you know, and they just, they can't get out of it. And the other times, Ange, is when we're telling ourselves that internally, like we know, we feel in our spirit that we are going the wrong way. We're headed in the right direction. We can see it. Mm. And we feel like we're, we're inequipped maybe or unable to turn that ship around and say, stop, you're, you, you're headed for calamity right now. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's really perhaps the most common way that human beings avoid happiness. Well, one of the things that with with turned on like our whole mission, his uh, remember flipping the switch is something really simple. Like we want to keep it really simple. And so when you're talking about like that scene from planes, trains, and automobiles, obviously he was headed for like in like imminent disaster, death, destruction. Um, but what about the little things? Like what about from the outside looking in? When you're just like you're just watching somebody doing something that. You know, it seems harmless in the moment, but you know it actually, there's no fruit. Mm, there's no fruit. It's just like a barren stick tree because you don't prune away the things and the habits uh, that actually cause ultimate destruction, death, or, you know, just idle, barren, yeah. like, you know, land. That's well, the problem. Like we're not seeing it right away. Listeners out there, you're running from something right now. I mean, I say this with confidence because we all are. Um, you know, it, like I said, it's the most common way that we avoid happiness. And, and when you say, well, what do you mean avoid happiness, David? Who would want to avoid happiness? Because they don't know. 
you're avoiding it because you don't know what's coming. And we run from things like responsibility. We mm-hmm. run from commitment. I ran from commitment to her. I mean, that's that's very well dictated in my book. I ran from her and mm-hmm. that commitment. I was scared. I got cold feet. We run from love. Some of you out right out there right now are running from love. We run from confrontation. Mm-hmm. Not, a, not a physical fight, but we run from confrontation that's going to help build our business, build our marriage. Some of you are, are leaders in your company, and you're avoiding confrontation. You're running from it. And what's going to happen? Well, it builds distrust. But, but wait, what's going to happen is regardless of what we are running from, there's one thing I can guarantee you is that it's eventually going to catch up. 100%. If we don't take care of it now, it'll catch up to you one day. And whether you like it or not, we have to stop running. You know, we we are very passionate about children. We are very passionate about the way the world is going. I'm I'm extremely passionate about politics. I feel like the <laughs> no. country and most people in general are running from that as if we can sleep on it, as if we can ignore it and push it off and wake up one day and it's magically gone. Mm-hmm. If we don't confront this right now... It's not going to be good. Okay. And we Confront what? C- confront all those things that we're running from, the major <laughs> life things, confronting socialism, confronting uh, infidelity in marriage, confronting addiction, um, addiction mm-hmm. confronting pornography, confronting the problems with our schools. And we're talking about this right now because it's an essential part of the book, and the chapter that I wrote it basically was running from prosperity, and that means mm-hmm. prosperity in any part of your life. Mm-hmm. And we have a very, very solid character from the Bible who really personifies running. Mm-hmm. Who is? Jonah. 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 Jonah was a runner. He's actually like, <laughs> he's one of the all-time greats, great runners in the history of the world. And Angelique, tell us what he was running from. His assignment. His assignment that God, you know, needed where he needed him to go um, was Nineveh. We like to talk about the word assignment, don't we? Yes, because we all have one. And if we run from our assignment, and that assignment can be in anything. Like I, we have assignments at home. Yep. Okay. In our marriage and with our children, we have to steward those assignments. We have assignments with our finances. We have to steward those finances. We have assignments in our gifts. We have to steward those gifts. And that's what, like, I... If there's, David, I hope that you get this answer right. <laughs> if there was one thing that you know I love to do, what is it? Clean house? Have an orderly home? Oh, come on. <laughs> no? Come on. Like, if there was one thing I love to do when it comes to, like, working with other people. You, you like to you like to help people find out what their assignment is. Their find gift. Find their gifts, yeah. I mm-hmm. love... I love seeing people in their gift. And it's almost like God, you know how God gives you an assignment. Well, my assignment is helping you find yours. So I, it's almost like he took a giant yellow highlighter and he smeared it over the areas and the timelines of people's lives when they're not in their gift. Yeah. Like I can, we, I can see you when you're not in yours. I can see my kids when they're not in theirs and, and our partners in business. Like I'm like, you're now you're just, now you're just tinkering with a toy. Now you're just trying to be a carbon copy. Now you're just lip syncing. Like this is right. where I get really excited. That's where the juice is for you and your family and all the things that you're called to do. But if we run from that, it's because we're not confronting the things that we find maybe fearful. So if we look at that word, what you just said, Angelique, because you said God gives you an assignment. Now we're a faith-based podcast. So of course we feel that. If if you're 
if your faith is not where, uh, maybe not on par with that, or you're just not a faithful person at all, you might get your assignments from your boss. You might get your assignment from your spouse or from the government. But here at Turned On, we believe that we get assignments from God. We know that we're here in, in, in the great state of Texas, and we heard that message from Pastor Isaac Petrie years mm. ago. Mm-hmm. Years ago, ago, we sat in the pews. 2018. And Pastor Isaac Petrie said, we all have a book. It's written. It was written before you know we were born. God formed us in the womb. He knows every hair on our head. And, and we're not working. His words was, we are not working in that book. Yeah. We're working outside of the book, and that's why people never find their assignment. Because you run because ahead. They don't open their book. They're not looking for God to tell them what to do. And um, gosh, I get excited about this topic too, Angelique, and I think I'm, I'm right on par with you is because we sometimes don't want to look inside and say, mm. you know, we know in the quiet times, like I often say when you're sitting there at night and the house is completely quiet, everybody's gone to bed, and you're alone with your thoughts. That's one of the best times mm -hmm. to get in touch with your assignment mm -hmm. because there's no outside interference. You can't lie to yourself, and that's when you're conscious, what we call the inner voice, another thing we learned, the way God speaks to you through your inner voice. Your intuition. Your intuition. He's letting you know. and and even I ran from you. Jonah ran from the audible voice of God, but we're running from that intuition. We're running from that internal voice in us so often. And I know you've you've confronted it and you've turned it off with strongholds, mm -hmm. right? Some of you out there are dealing with pornography strongholds, and that mm -hmm. inner voice is saying it's okay, and then God's telling you it's not. Mm -hmm. You know, we must meet each of those thoughts with the Word of God mm -hmm. and and suppress it. Hold. All yeah. thoughts captive to the obedience Amen. of Christ. Amen. So yeah. whatever's going on, especially in your marriage, if it's something's going on in your marriage and you're running from it, stop running. It's not going to get better. Eventually, it'll catch up to you. Well, we have to confront things. How, how many times have we said on this on this show and in our Turned On Method and at our events, the, the, the success that you seek, mm -hmm. the, the light that you're looking for is on the other side of a hard conversation. And those hard conversations, we oftentimes equate it to just like, I don't want to have this conversation with a friend or a coworker or spouse. Uh, hello, the hard conversation starts on your knees. Amen. Like uh, you got to get real with God. You got to finally, like we're, we're going to have a guest on soon. You know, we're going to talk about like having an honest moment with God you know, honest in how you feel about where, where he is in your life, honest about how you feel you are in, in his book. Like we're missing that hard conversation. And then we go before to a relationship. Then we go to the mirror and get honest with ourselves. And then we have the honest conversation. Okay. This is where we build courage. So with those people that are running from things, like you, we have to build courage. This is spiritual muscle, which is something that I love, like just love talking on. And it's something that I was instilled in me, even with martial arts, just like building muscles of discipline, building muscles of perseverance, building muscles, you know, of, of courage and taking those muscles and applying them into cross pollinating these areas of our lives. That's where I build courage. You start with well, let's look let's look at our children when they went to that first taekwondo class before they could build the discipline they had to build the courage they had to have the courage to go out there and say right. yes we have to have the courage to realize that we're runners like raise your hand right now right i'm a runner mm -hmm. I, i've mm -hmm. ran before from plenty of things i've ran from responsibility i've ran from 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 love and commitment and i'll probably run from other things the key is are you going to catch yourself and then i discuss this in the book and i want to read this briefly from the book 
if we could acknowledge that we're runners, that's okay. It's it's almost it's like honesty. Yeah. The second part, which I which I address in the book, is is not the running. What happened to Jonah after he initially ran and he got on that boat? What did he do? What was the next thing that he did after he got on the boat? He went downstairs and went to sleep, mm. avoiding it. Like he he set himself aside from everything and he mm-hmm. wanted to go someplace where he wouldn't be reminded of his of his running. Reality. He wanted to go yeah. someplace where he couldn't be conflicted. He sedated or, himself. Or confronted yeah. with his decision. So he went to sleep and sedated himself. Um, I literally ran out of her house. Not ran, but I walked really fast. <laughs> I, I walked past my Jeez. car. If some of you have heard the story. I wish just, I had a camera for that I'll give you this time. short anecdote really quick because it's worth repeating. We <laughs> got in a fight. I was getting cold feet even wait, though... wait. We didn't get into a fight. I did. You I came home. You came to the house, my house, and were in a fight of your own. Yeah. Basically, and I just like happened to be there. That's what happens. It wasn't we got into a disagreement. It was like, uh, who are you? Well, who are you? What have you done with my fiance? Without rehashing the whole story again, yeah. which because we've said it so many times in here, but now we have the power of video. Okay, so <laughs> if you're looking at Angelique right now and you're saying. Who would ever run from that? Like, you have to be out of your mind crazy. Literally, but that's serious. I mean, I had no business being with you. Um, You know, I asked God to put you in my life. He did, and I still ran. That's a great lesson. You may be asking God right now Mm -hmm. for something to be brought into your life, provision, prosperity, love, health, and he's going to bring it to you. He's going to put it right in front of you because you prayed for it, and you still might not accept it. You still might run from it. Sometimes not. Un- but you here, here's what you have to be careful of and why it's so important to be of sober mind. Because, and I don't just mean like sober as in not having a glass of wine. I'm talking about like sober minded, clear headed, not on a bad day. Our, our friend Justin was talking about this. Like, Don't ever quit on a bad day. I don't care what it is. Don't quit on a bad day. And so you could be, God hands you something on a platter literally that you asked for by name because you said, send me an angel and here's Angelique, right? But here's the thing. Faced with that, you found fault. You couldn't even see what it was he gave you because you were looking for the fault and you were looking for what was wrong. And so how many of you listeners run from something willingly, not because you're afraid, not because you see that it's good and you're trying to stay away from your assignment. You're like, that can't be good. Look how what's wrong with it. Look, look what doesn't meet my needs right now. And we end up putting, inserting so much of ourselves into the picture. Our flesh is what I mean. So much of our flesh into it that we never get to see the gift that was given. And then we end up running from the prosperity that he handed to us literally on a silver platter. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not a runner. I never really like to run, like literally like to run. Um, if you look <laughs> at these not. shoes right now, ooh, they're not really uh, runner shoes. Those are Chuck Taylors, but they're, they're made for style, not, not Kind of like the Pendleton? What are that? What is that brand? What is that? Velvet? What is that? Fur? But let's get back to the, what I, my point was, and I agree with you. The point was when I ran... And when Jonah ran, you come to a point where you try and sedate yourself. This is the critical point. There's nothing wrong with being a runner. There's nothing wrong with acknowledging it. Is What are you going to do when you try and sedate yourself, distract yourself from turning around? He went to sleep in the boat. What did I do? I went, and this is great, 
I literally, guys, this is going to date the time, but I literally went into a movie theater and I <laughs> watched the movie Grown Ups. Grown Ups. Gro- how, how apropos is that? So ironic. I needed to grow up. I was a boy. I needed to become a man. And I went to watch the movie Grown Ups. So it's not so much I had much no that. idea, by the way. Here's the key, and this is directly from my book. I'm just going to read this briefly. It says, Jonah ran because he was full of judgment and animosity. He hated the Ninevites. Why should they be favored? Why should I save them? Mm. I mean, think about now in our own uh, political crazy society, if someone said, I want you to go talk to the person who is diametrically politically opposed to every belief you have, and I want you to save them. How many of you would say, why? <laughs> let them let them, let them go. I mean, let them be damned to hell. We watched I mean, it happen. We, we watched we it happen during COVID. We see this all the time. Mm-hmm. We have to correct ourselves as believers. It's not the reasons we hide. I mean, it's, it's not the reasons that we run. It's the reasons that we hide, the reasons that we choose to sedate and distract ourselves from the realities of life, the tough ones, like Justin said. Mm-hmm. There are going to be tough times. That's the most important. If fear... Can we agree that? Fear is one of the main reasons why we run. I'm, I'm not going to take this job because I'm fearful I can't do the work, or I'm fearful that too much will be expected from me. I'm going to have to put in too many hours. I'm not going to say yes to this wonderful woman right here because I'm fearful of not having my, my crew on the side, my boys that I can hang out with. I'm fearful that I might, not, <laughs> I might not be able to do the things that I did when I was single, right? Fear is the main reason behind running uh, especially from God's excitement, but I'd argue that stubbornness and pride are two of the main adjectives that describe a runner. Stubbornness and pride described me perfectly that day. I was so stubborn that I didn't want to hear her. I was so prideful. This is the crazy part. I, I, I tell you right now, I put my hand up, I swear to you, it was three full days. <laughs> I wasn't even saved back then, so I didn't plan it. This is not just to embellish the story. I left her house that day, and for three days in the belly of the whale, we did not speak. I Your refused apartment. to call her <laughs> because I was prideful. I refused to call her because I was stubbornness. Mm-hmm. But fear, I can understand. It's normal. Mm-hmm. It's stubbornness and pride that is unforgivable. You can't, because not for outside, but you won't be able to forgive yourself. If you run from something, you won't be able to forgive yourself if you're stubborn and prideful, and and sometimes you never get the chance to apologize. Mm. If it's a a friend or a family Mm -hmm. member, you might never get the chance to apologize. Stakes are high. Because stubbornness and pride are two of the greatest strongholds. They're cancers. Of the human spirit. Yeah. They are, they are less about instinct because, right, there's fight or flight. So flight is an instinct, right? Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. But stubbornness and pride are less about instinct and more about a cognitive decision to ignore God's will in your life. So it's you're literally making a decision. You're saying, God, I know you want this for me. I know you gave it to me. I know I'm running because I'm fearful, but I'm making a decision to ignore you now, to block you out, because my pride and my fear are, are willful decisions that I'm choosing. And these are the sins, pride and stubbornness. Pride, we know, is a, is a seven deadly sin, right? Yeah, well, it's not, it's on the Bible, but we well, yeah. But th- those are the things but that we are know. We, us. we know that. So he, here's why it's so important when you think about prosperity and whether you're running from it or running toward it. Um, 
this is why it is incredibly and critical for you to take a personal audit of of your time, of your day, of your thoughts, of your direction, of what it is that's producing fruit. Because, you know, what fruit, vegetation, plants, anything uh, needs two things, water and sunlight. Okay. But they all produce their own species of whatever it is. So if we just take the foundational principles of what we need, okay, I'm not just talking about water and sunlight. I'm talking about God. Okay. Like God, the word of God. And we, we know that we're doing those things, but we also have to know that as a vine and a vine maker, that we have to prune away the bad parts. If we don't prune away the things that don't belong, i.e. those relationships that were not producing fruit in your life, that kept you from leaning into where God, you know, brought us together. If you had not had the courage along the way to prune away those parts, you would end up with, and this is true, like if you don't prune away, I'm not a gardener, but I do know this. If you do not prune away the bad parts, you will end up with a stick tree. It will not produce fruit. It will be barren. It will be idle. It will it will not be able to produce fruit. So we have to prune away the thing as hard as it is, as hard as it is to face those things. You will not have the prosperity or the fruit that you are looking for if you aren't pruning. And pruning means taking a hard look at something. It's being aware. It's catching, you know, back to the divine order. Where's the formless void here? What is not working? Where's the chaos? Where's the disorder? Mm -hmm. How do I go to the root of the problem so that we can fix the whole picture? And we're not, we're not willing to address that. We end up running even unconsciously because we're running. We don't even realize we're not running. And and we don't even realize we're running. We just realize we're, we don't realize we're addressing the thing that needs to be addressed. And if you remember, so time is of the essence, right? Um, it takes some courage. And, and in the first book, Turned On, I said that, that quote that the devil is in the delay. Yes. So here's the thing. You might think you have time for the job, for the love life, for, mm-hmm. to get in shape, to, to quit a, 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 an unhealthy habit. But the devil is in the delay. In other words, if the devil can't take away what's in your heart, he can delay you long enough so that it eventually gets pushed back and gets pushed back and gets pushed back, and then it becomes a distant thing, and you say, well, it's too late. It's too late to reconcile this marriage. Look look how overweight I am. It's, it's too late to go back now and get healthy. Um, look at my career. I've put off doing what my passion was, what my calling was, what my assignment was so long that I feel like now I, it's, I'm, I'm past my prime. Mm-hmm. The devil will be in the delay, and we mm-hmm. have to realize that there's always a lesson in the book. There are, it is there, it is timeless because it's timely, the Bible, right? We've heard that from our pastor, Mark. It's Mm -hmm. timeless because it's timely. And if we look at one of the greatest lessons of running and reconciliation, we look at David who ran from King Saul, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and he repeatedly, uh, he was, he was, David was running for his life and then he has the chance to kill Saul. And what does he do? He shows mercy. He, he had the courage to turn around and confront of, he could have killed him, but instead David bowed down and prostrated himself. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Think about mm-hmm. that. Now, how does that relate to a modern story? How can we take that and take it to the listener and say, okay, I, I, I see what happened. Well, right now there's some things that we have to confront in your family, things that you have to confront in your marriage, things that you have to confront internally with yourself. And we want to... Sometimes when we say, well, I'm going to run around and fight. Mm. You know, I'm going to turn mm-hmm. around and fight. Mm. How are we going to choose to fight, Ange? 
How did mm-hmm. you choose to fight? This is so important. Mm-hmm. How did you choose to fight when you could have fought me back? Mm-hmm. I was the one running. You could have fought me back. You could have killed me like David could have killed Saul. But what did you do? You I, could also, I could have also manipulated you. You know, that uh, we talked about this before. I could manipulate you with words. I could manipulate you with, with, with sex. I could mani- Like, what could I manipulate you with? So ultimately... I wish it, you would have tried to manipulate me with sex. That would have been my... the thing is is like taking it taking a step back you know that's where again you prostrate yourself you you take a step back and and you ask yourself like how do i this is not about me winning for me this is about me winning for is this is about us winning for us you know i'm not here to fight you i'm here to fight the problem and if if we address the problem not from how i see it to be wrong but how god sees it to be wrong then we win for each other. And that was, that was my approach. I was like, you know what? Like, I'm not going to win this for myself because I don't, I am not, I don't want to come here and, and to this situation and make this man love me, make this man. I, and I'm also not going to cower and, um, and shrink back and pretend like I'm okay with his behavior. I'm not going to stand for that because I also know who I am. I am who you say I am. Thank you, Lord. And I know that as a result of that, that I am not going to bend to what your flesh was was running from. Yeah. So because I could have done that too. Well, you're in the role of David. I would I would kind of if we if we kind of do roles, we kind of try and make this parallel. If 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 I was Saul and I was trying to kill you, and you're David and you prostrate yourself, what Saul says is you are more righteous than me. He he confronts David. You are more righteous than than I was. Yes. You have treated me well. You've treated me with love. I've treated you badly. I'm the one who blamed you and ran from you. And so what we see is there's a reckoning there mm-hmm. um, when you use the power of God and you stand in His authority, and we know that sometimes running is going to be an instinct, but sometimes you'll have to go against that. And, you know, we talked about this with Mike Bellini on the podcast uh, with his book, Ultra Marriage, and, and something uh, that I would said, because he was talking about, you know, when you're not on the same page, I said, look... If, if we're not on the same page, that's okay, as long as we're here to finish the same book. And when I think about this situation, that was my focus. You're, you were nowhere near where I was in terms of a page of spirituality at that time. And that was a, like a wide awakening for me because I didn't realize that. As much as we had spent time uh, together and had courted, you were very, was so he, he, was re- he was religious. I was so religious that yeah. I felt like I was on equal par. I was like, I'm religious. Yeah. I, sh- I show up. I go through the I'm motions. church every Sunday. Like he was religious, but th- there, that was where like, I was like, okay, you know, I had to pump the brakes and say, we are just not on the same page here. I cannot, I will not pretend like I can save this man. Only Jesus can do that. Only the Holy Spirit can convict him. So the only thing I have is my sword, which is the word of God. Mm-hmm. And I brought the sword out the sword. Not mine, not my ego's sword, the sword, the word of God. And bringing the word of God into the equation is what cut through the tension, what cut through the barrier, what cut through the running, what cut through the noise in your head, what cut through your ego, what cut through my my own flesh in the situation, and it changed everything. That is what we're talking about here. Where, like, when we go to run from something, are we doing it on 
Uh, why are we running? Now, yeah. we want to run from things, obviously, that are imminent danger. <laughs> yes. But when we're running from prosperity, yeah, it's because there is a flaw in our own flesh, in our own mind, in our own idea of what the sword is. And if we take the sword out and we hear what God has to say about it, it allows for us to course correct and get back on his book. And And here's the thing. This is why I love the story of Jonah. Because people will say, oh, the Bible, you know, kumbaya, everything works out. People that don't know it will think everything works out and every story is perfect. <laughs> but the story is about flawed people in, in real circumstances that transcend time, transcend thousands of years. Remember, uh, circumstances change, but people don't change. Human nature doesn't change. And what happened to Jonah was he never changed. He never took the sword out. He would, even after he followed his assignment, he was complete, saved the people of Nineveh, converted them, right? Gave God's message. He went, and how does the story end? He goes up, and he sits under this tree, and he just sits there complaining. He's still bitter inside. He never, yeah. has, that, he never has that place where he surrenders himself to God fully because he's, he's still convicted by the flesh, and what we see every day, guys, whatever's going on in your life, you're still convic conflicted by the flesh. We are now with certain things. You know, we're all working this out with one thing or another. It could be small. It could be gigantic right now. Mm -hmm. But if you don't learn how to give into that and you hold on to that stubbornness and pride, you're going to end up like he did, sitting under the hot sun and, and just cursing everything, mm. you know? What a what a harsh reality to live. Like, And when, and I hear that story and I think about it, because I remember finishing that book and I was like, wow, you know? <laughs> I just remember thinking that is not at all what I was hoping the kumbaya ending. You almost think like, what's the point? Right. In, in Hollywood, know, in a Hollywood, in Hollywood movie, movie, Jonah would have turned around. But it's not Hollywood. Perfect. You know, got, that's, that's why the word is so good yeah. because it's, it's relatable. And, and you can look at that story and you look at Jonah and you go, I have a family member like that. I have somebody that, that, that died with that in their heart. You know, and we have to reconcile with that and wrestle with that and say, is that the reality that we want to paint for ourselves, whether it's in our enti the entire picture of our lives or just a portion of it? You know, in, we talk about the hallways, like maybe there's a hallway in your life that you just haven't chosen to run down, you know, yeah. and it could be your health and everything else feels good, but your health just needs to, you know, like you're running from it, whatever it might be. That's where we have the ability, you know, uh, to take it to the altar yeah. and go, okay. God, like, I'm going to really need some help with this because I'm having a tough time figuring this one out. Well, more specifically, because I love where you're going with this, and let's, in the last five minutes that we have here, let's address one area that I think, since this series, this videotape month-long series, really centers around who God says we are. It centers around running from prosperity. It, uh, should I stay or should I go? All these big things uh, for the love of money. They're really all talking about... Um, we're centering that around your vocation and how to be happy mm -hmm. with your work-life balance, how to be successful financially, how to be successful with the career you take, but still have a, a loving spouse, how to still have raise your children. So let's take running from prosperity uh, literally in the financial sense, Ange, in this last five minutes, and, and give me your take on what that looks like. Running from prosperity. Gosh, well, I mean, it's apropos in these times right now <clears throat> um, to to kind of run from it because we are in we are in a very unique time in history. You know, probably one of the most 
crisis-centered times in humanity right now. And, I'm, and I, it's hard for us to speak because we didn't live through the Great Depression and all these other things, but we are dealing with some really unique parts of this. It's just, it's not just fiscal. Like, this is, uh, this is a spiritual war. I lived through the boy band era. That was really tough. <laughs> I made I made it through New Kids on the Black and In Sync, and that was a challenge. But look, we're, look where we are today. Oh, I mean, Lord. if you can make it through the boy band era, you can get it through this. We digress. Okay, so we're in just a really unique time in history, and um, again, this is this this is where we separate. This is uh, where again contrast, like turned on. Right, the, when you are turned on, what are you doing? You're Flipping shining a, a light. Yep. What did God do? It was the first thing. He flipped on the switch. Let there be light. Like we have got to take this time in terms of where we are in history and create the opportunity first by shining a light on something. And if that light is, has to be shown on things that we've been hiding away from or shying away from, that's where we begin. And we address it and we get honest with it. But that's when we have to run towards it like our life depends on it. This is the separation season. So that separation is where in times like these where again, this is where great prosperity is created. Yeah. Some of the the most historical changes uh, you know of all time. The the best inventions, the most wealth, whatever it might be, happened in times of disaster and crisis, happened when things were contracting in the world. It's and the time of the entrebeliever. Yes, David's putting his hat on. But we. this is where we run toward opportunity. Gosh, everything in my flesh wants to curl up and drink a glass of wine and watch 80s movies like we talked about before so that I can self-preserve. We started this with an 80s movie. <laughs> yes, to self-preserve in times when I feel unsafe and uncertain. Like one of our highest needs, my highest needs is like certainty. And right now I'm like, I don't know what's going on in this world right now, but I, here's what I do know. And we take that certainty and we run toward the things that we are called to do because this is where we get to separate the wheat from the chaff. And we want to be in that time of separation. This is the sifting. This is what God calls for the sifting. This is where the few are set apart. Are you going to be one of the few? Are you going to get in his book or are you going to stay on your yeah. own page? And that's where we have to get out of our ego and into his word and start heading towards the thing he yeah. has for us because I believe there is favor that goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my my life, not just Mondays and Tuesdays, all the days. Yeah. Even though some days stink, all the days, goodness oh. and mercy will follow me. Yeah. So And you too. Yeah. I'll always follow you, <laughs> that's for sure. To our listeners out there, if you're running from a job commitment, if you're running from some type of physical commitment in your life, a stronghold, if you're running from love, no matter what you're running from, the one thing I don't want you to run from is the Word of God. I want you to run towards mm, it because mm. when you run towards the Word of God, when you look for that book and you open that page and there's your story right there that he wrote for you and he's pointing to it, all those other things take care of themselves. I promise you. I guarantee it. My friends, get turned on. Don't run from prosperity. We'll see you next time on the Turned On Podcast.